You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Another episode of the long two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are Camelo Stanthony podcast that uh, occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing this week? Howdy, what's up, Pete? That was a good intro. That was oh, nice. Thank Very you. Enthusiastic. Thank, you know, I try to bring the heat when I can, and uh, let me tell you, uh, this NBA offseason so far has brought said heat. It's been wild wacky uh filled with mistakes already but that was to be expected i think um yeah this is like everything could change by tomorrow in different ways but (laughs) because we're recording this on tuesday night the kings have until midnight tonight i think to make a decision on whether they'll match bogdan bogdanovich's offer sheet from the atlanta hawks they probably won't. That's the conventional wisdom out there. But if they do, that's probably going to cause more dominoes to fall because then the Kings might have to make another move because Buddy Heald doesn't seem to like to come off the vent, the bench. And why would he? He's a young player. Right. So things could get even wackier it could, at it midnight. Could, Right. It could be even more uh, insane well after we've we've recorded this, which is, you know, exactly the the place that you want the NBA offseason to be. If it's not if it's not basked in a center of insanity, then what are we here for? And obviously, like the Kings are always an inflection point. Like if the Kings Kangs, then all these other things happen around the league, but it's right. <laughs> they never make the right decision. Like extending De'Aaron Fox, correct decision, right? Well Good. done, them. Um, but if they match the offer sheet from Atlanta, which is designed to make Sacramento could, not right. want to match it, <laughs> right? Then I don't even know like what their cap looks like because Bogdan's making more money with this offer sheet than he would have with Milwaukee. It's four for seventy-two or something like that, I think. And there's a trade kicker, right? Like there's all these things that make it expensive to have him. But the Hawks definitely want him. Do the Kings? Will they I'd... Kangs and match? And then like, what the fuck do you do? Like they'll have to trade three <laughs> other players. I man, it almost makes too much sense for them to ultimately Kings, but. Uh, I'm surprised, Natty, that you wanted to get on this tangent about the Kings because for the first time in, what, forever, let's say? I feel like that's a that's a correct statement. Your Pistons might just be, like, the biggest story of free agency. I disagree, and no. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, they are. They are. You absolutely love it. So we're going to... 
we're going to go through the way we've kind of broken this down because it is very overwhelming. It is, there was, there was so much action that went down. I had to scroll through like multiple ESPN articles from like five different days about all the different transactions that have gone down. So we're not going to cover absolutely everything. What we're going to do is we're going to bounce between kind of like seven, eight teams that we feel like are the ones who've really made an impact this offseason, really kind of spice things up all of the moves that they've done and maybe just like offering a little bit of feelings in terms of whether or not these moves make sense, maybe a little bit fantasy thought on them. Um, and I do want to start with the Pistons, Maddie, because they went out, they added Josh Jackson, Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumley, <laughs> traded for Dwayne Dedman, Zaire Smith, and got your boy, Jeremy Grant, which yes. I do want to have to quickly say, like when you first got that notification from Woosh saying that they traded for, or that they signed Jeremy Grant, was your first reaction like, holy shit, they just signed him to a massive deal. Is this going to work? Or was it, yes, my boy is on my team. You were like, when can I get my uh, Jeremy Grant jersey? Actually. <laughs> it's going to be something totally different. I don't like your answer already. My, my immediate reaction, what is Denver doing? I was so, <laughs> so furious because I didn't know what the situation was. Like, I just sort of assumed, like, if Denver didn't resign, like, like it was their decision because right. why, why Pete, why? Like we both loved the nuggets. Jeremy Grant was perfect there. And so I was extremely pissed off at basketball in general when I first saw, cause like I love Jeremy. Grant, I love but, how, right. I love how one of your favorite players in the league goes to your favorite team to root for. And your first reaction isn't like, yes, this is great. I'm super excited. It, first reaction is like, God damn it. What the fuck is this other team doing? Because when you see something that you think is beautiful and then it just self-destructs or there's just like a <laughs> stupid foundational mistake, but whatever. It turns out that he wasn't going to resign with Denver, uh, Jeremy Grant, because he wanted a larger role in the offense. And so good, right on. That's a good reason. So now I don't hate Denver and I don't hate Jeremy. Everything's right again. I'm skeptical of the signing for Detroit because Jeremy Grant has done well when you have a good point guard and a good center, like he's playing off of dudes, you know? So having a larger role is a good thing for him, I think, but I don't know if the Pistons actually have the personnel to allow him to blossom and advance the way that I think that he could like Killian Hayes is our new point guard which I'm happy about Um, Blake. If he's healthy, if it's point Blake, then that changes everything because then all of a sudden, like you do have the distributor and you don't have to worry about how Mason Plumlee and Blake Griffin and Jeremy Grant work (laughs) together. I know the Mason Plumlee thing pissed me off at first, but then I realized like Mason Plumlee is there for Killian Hayes. Yeah, like you, I mean, you need I'm, to have I'm, right, a pick and roll right. guy and a guy that can. Young point guards need veteran centers, and yep. young centers need veteran point guards. Like you, it, it helps their play so so much. You were gonna say something? Sorry. Oh no, I was just saying that I'm, you know, as much as the I feel like the Plumlee brothers are like much maligned in the NBA, they they are guys who get on the court and uh, and are just like they know their roles and they do their roles extremely well. 
And yes. this is partially me talking into my talking myself into if ultimately the Gordon Hayward compensation is assigned to trade with Charlotte and we end up with uh, whatever the other Plumlee is. I'm trying to talk myself into that that is all worth it, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, that's its own conversation. <laughs> uh, Detroit is collecting a bunch of pieces so that they can um, try to protect their young talent. Like, I, I know it seems like the moves they made is just going to put them on the treadmill of mediocrity and, like, they're chasing the eighth seed. But I think the dudes that they've signed are there for Killian Hayes. Like, D-Rose, the odds of him being there in Detroit long-term, I don't think are very high. Like, he's a mm-hmm. trade candidate and has been since he got there. Uh, Blake might be, too, if not this year, then maybe next year as an expiring. Or if Point Blake is back, or if Blake's just like 80% and he's still a good player, then that's going to help the young guys as well. Like Sadiq Bay, which I absolutely fucking love that we got him. <laughs> Losing Christian Wood and drafting uh, the kid, Isaiah, I'm not that happy about that. But, you know, maybe Christian Wood said no to Detroit as well for the same reasons that Jeremy Grant did. Maybe he was like, I want to be the focal point. If you're not going to do that for sure. me, then let's figure something else out which is totally fine. Uh, So how do I feel about the Pistons? I feel like they have a bunch of players that could be talented. They don't necessarily all fit together. Unless Blake is good, I'd be pretty surprised that we make the playoffs. Like, I think this is still a losing team. Unless Blake is Blake. If Blake is Blake and he's back to all NBA Blake, then all of that changes. And I think that, we can, we, Pistons Nation, can think about, like, the 6th, 7th, or 8th seed. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a little bit excited. We'll, we've got plenty of other teams to talk about, but I do want to say, because I was super high on him during the draft. Obviously, his career has not panned out so far as maybe some was expecting. Uh, but I'm a little excited to see the Josh Jackson reclamation project in, in Detroit. Oh, sure. Because yeah, he's why not? Uh, a super, you know, strong defensive wing who, if he can develop any offense, which is... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know this, Natty. Offense is pretty important to have uh, if you're an NBA player. But sure, if you, but if you can Gilchrist, develop, it, like that's true. MKG has had a nice little career of uh, not playing offense. Wings that can defend can stick around because yeah. if you can just get thrown out there against a really good perimeter player for five to ten minutes, then that can save a game. So those guys, yeah, it's he's a distressed asset. That's the new term going around. <laughs> the nice but way to say a uh, player no one wants. It's like, I don't think that there's that big of a difference in between him and Siku Dumbuya right now. Like, both of them should get better, I think. They're both mm-hmm. young. Jackson's been around for a while. But also, you know, like, maybe he needs a place with someone like Dwayne Casey who can really help develop talent and focus on defense. So I think that's a good signing for coach Casey too. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see that one. Um, Teams getting better. There might not have been as crazy as it sounds, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but there might not have been a team who got better more so than the Lakers after already winning a championship. Uh, they added Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Markeith Morris returned, KCP returned. And then obviously we talked about last week, they traded for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they lost Rondo. They lost Avery Bradley, but Avery Bradley wasn't even there for the bubble for the championship run. Technically, Anthony Davis is still a unrestricted free agent. 
but you know, he's going to sign with the, with the Lakers. I think the talk is all just like how long and what the contract's going to look like. The Montrez Harrell signing, I actually really like because I think that he, I mean, you know what he is. He is the, you know, super energy guy and he's going to come off the bench uh, for the Lakers and be kind of just a high energy guy for that, for that bench squad. But I really like that role for him on a team where he might have some pick and roll time with LeBron or with, uh, I'm trying to think who else would be kind of sharing. I mean, with, with Dennis Schroeder, uh, and that's that's a kind of a, a gig for him that I think is going to be really nice. I think that's why he's there. I think yeah. he's there because Schroeder will be Sweet Lou, and they're just going to replicate sort of Clippers, Montrez, but <laughs> across the hall in the purple and the gold. Um, they'll both come off the bench depending on the game. Like maybe they'll start sometimes. It's totally fine. Um I know everyone's been saying, man, the Lakers got much better. I don't think they got much better. Like, if the Lakers hadn't won, mm-hmm. would you feel like Dennis Schroeder puts them over the top with Montrez? Like, signing Big Spain is a real deal. That's yeah. an actual thing. Yeah. Um, and I sort of feel like that's the best move they've made so far. But it's like, I like Dennis Schroeder and I like Montrez, but I, I don't feel like those guys you get them and you're like, now we're champions. So I don't know, like it's fine. They didn't make (laughs) bad decisions, but I think the team will have to upgrade along the perimeter, like another good defensive guard. And they'll use Kuzma to do that. Cause like losing Avery, that is a big deal. Like that's a two guard that you can just throw out there and he can defend losing Rondo is a big deal. So I, I feel like they're not done. Make like this is not the team. No, that will be like at the trade deadline. The, they'll make some moves. It would it would be weird to keep because you just don't need him. Like Wesley Matthews is also an underrated. Like he had yeah, that sure. big injury a couple couple years ago. Um, but he was like before that injury for the Mavs, he was one of the elite kind of three and D guys, and then he got injured, or he got injured and then signed with the Mavs on a reclamation deal. I can't. Yeah, and it's how like. It you know, he's, he's not Jeff green, but it's like, there are these dudes that are very competent and do their jobs well. But if that's the dude that puts you over the line, like that seems crazy to me, like talent wins. We've seen that. So unless you're getting a star, I don't really feel like you've moved the needle that much. I mean, I don't, I don't think for the, for the Lakers, I guess it's maybe, maybe it's not that you made the biggest push forward. It's that, you retooled the team and still and didn't lose anything in doing that. Sure. Totally. So, and I think that's a huge hit because you often see with championship teams where a lot of those kind of like one year deals that you've signed for veteran players or guys to just like, you know, role players to fill the, fill the cracks will leave then to get more lucrative deals after championship window. Rondo left. He's now on uh, the Hawks who we'll talk about. Uh, and Avery Bradley left for the Heat, which actually is a, a signing I really love. Just Avery perfect. Bradley, yeah. Avery Bradley and, and uh, Jimmy Butler together are going to be, we that's dynamite. Yeah. Um, but so the 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 Lakers retooling is. I just thought it was. Uh, I thought the Montrezl Harrell signing especially surprised me in the sense that he didn't seem to fit the mo- mold of like a Marcus or Wesley Matthews, Marcus particularly, where it's like the veteran 
you know, later in the career who signs on a minimum and, you know, can is there for that spot. Like Montrezl Harrell seems like a younger, a little more in front of him and they still, you know, and he was, I won't say duped, <laughs> but was convinced <laughs> that the Lakers were, was, was the landing spot for him. It's uncertain whether you can play him in the playoffs in the regular season role that he would have. I think it's a good signing. And I think that he, AD and Braun will play together. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I thought that they were competent moves. I just didn't like, they were so unsexy. They were so LeBron, you know, like this, That's he's fair. been doing this for so fucking goddamn long. And you know, they got rid of Danny Green because who cares? And they're just, they're they're running like a championship team. Palinka knows how to do his job, apparently. Um, he definitely won between him and Magic Johnson for yeah. <laughs> that power struggle. And they still have room to maneuver. So it the Lakers are operating, I think, like the Lakers used to. And who fucking knows what else they can do? I mean, they, they definitely they definitely seem like they're not done is what I'll mm. say. Like do yeah. it, if you can send Caruso and Kuzma for an actual better player, then of course they'll do that. They don't care. Yeah. The, I think Kuzma is going to, yeah, I think Kuzma is going to get moved at some point though. We said that all last year too. It didn't happen, but I feel like it'll happen this year. So if you don't think anything we've talked about so far, Natty is sexy. <laughs> what team do you think is sexy? I'll leave the Boston and Charlotte for later because okay. I think we're, we're, we have to talk about those two teams together and that's all you, Mr. Yep. Celtics. Um, sexy. I mean, <laughs> See, like a bunch of these teams did things teams. that I, you can't hate on teams for not being sexy and then not have a sexy team in your mind. Come on, Natty. I know it's just a bunch of teams that I'm like sort of upset <laughs> with, but okay. You know what? Let's talk about Philly who got arguably the sexiest player in the draft, Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe <laughs> is in Philadelphia. That's perfect. That's perfect, Pete. You're not wait, you, You're not talking about how the Sixers didn't work with Al Horford, so they replaced him with Dwight Howard? I, like, the thing about <laughs> Dwight is he's instantly cuttable. Like, you don't have to tolerate him anymore. You can just be like, bye. I don't even care about him as a person. It's more of the fact that like the Al Horford who can shoot threes experiment clearly didn't work at opening enough space for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to operate. So let's instead, let's trade Al Horford to the, to the thunder who Sam Presti now has a billion draft picks. If there, if any team wants to get rid of their draft picks, Sam Presti is on the phone waiting for you. Uh, And let's sign Dwight Howard. Let's add Dwight Howard to this roster. They did get some shooting though. They traded for Danny Green and Seth Curry, uh, both of whom we know can can shoot the three ball pretty well. So that they at least improved in that sense. Drafted Tyrese Maxey, like they turned Tyrese themselves. A, they turned good. Oh that was yeah, a good pick. They drafted really well. Like they're they look like Philly two years ago or three years ago. You know, it's like they have the perimeter down. Matisse Tybel's still there. GR3, who I love, is still there. Tobias Harris um, will be more effective now that there's more shooting there. Like, he just wasn't able to create. He needs to be able to 
work off of the rest of the team when it's operating properly. So I think this is arguably a better team than the team that almost beat the Raptors. Um, If this doesn't work, then I think it's time to trade one of them. Because it's like you saw, and by work, I mean you go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. Like you, you, everyone saw that the pairing can work when you have the right team around them. We all saw that. They almost beat Kawhi and the Raptors. They right. a bounce right, right. away. Right. So, and that Maybe was with Brett Brown as JJ Riddick. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and all the other moves they made, <laughs> like Jim, I like, Ugh. That's but true. now they that had, that team had Jimmy. Oh my that god! Had, that team had Jimmy Butler. Oh, what are we doing, Sixers? I'm sorry. It had you Landry Shamit, and they now. got rid of him for no, when they didn't need to. That's true. They traded. Yep. Which who then the Clippers just traded away too to the Nets. No. Uh, oh yeah, that's right because Detroit traded them Luke Kennard. <laughs> Jesus. That's true. We didn't uh, talk about that for the Pistons. Who yeah, your boy Luke fucking cares. Like Luke Kennard should never be the dude that stops a trade. But like, mm. I, Love I it. guess. Like, why don't the Pistons need him? Whatever. Um, Philadelphia is going to be a dangerous team. They have a real coach, a guy who, yes, he's lost a lot of embarrassing series, quote unquote, embarrassing series in the playoffs. Doc Rivers has. But he's also won a chip. Like, I'll take well, the lows if I get yeah. that one high. Any of like, Daryl Morey there. Break. Like, this, this yeah. is, the Sixers are now feeling like a like everything, all the pieces are there. And I'm telling you, I am certain that, like, Seth Curry heat check is going to be the bane of my existence in some Eastern series against when the Celtics play the Sixers. And Seth Curry just has a game where he is just shooting lights out from three because – Obviously, his brother takes a lot more of a takes a lot more of the attention span of the average NBA fan. But Seth Curry is a very good shooter, and he has been oh, yeah. done really well with the Mavericks. And the the Sixers adding him is a, a really sneaky move. I mean, he shoots forty four percent on his career last year, shot forty five percent from three on five attempts. Like that is that kind of uh, that kind of elite shooting from the perimeter is what the Pistons were. Mi- I mean, the uh, Sixers were missing. That is the JJ Redick effect. And Rick Carlisle just makes these dudes like that's, <laughs> that's why JJ Barea is yep. still in Dallas. The like, fact that JJ Barea is a, is a not even a, like a championship winning point card is incredible. It's amazing. It's like, this is what a team with a real front office that knows what it's yep. doing can do. Daryl Morey has he even been there a month. Like what? No, but he, <laughs> I mean, he, that, he came in, he is in with a plan and he is making that plan happen. And I, to his credit, that plan is one more seemingly one more year of Simmons and Embiid. And let's try to make it work. And then like, and then I trust more, like if it's not working Morey's good, like he is going to pull that trigger. Yeah, like if there's if there's a chance they can get Harden, then you really have to make you have to choose. Is it Simmons or Embiid? You know, like what what are you gonna do with that? I guess there's a way to just get him if you're sending Tobias Harris back and other stuff. But it'd be a lot of other stuff you'd have to send with Tobias. it. Would be big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be huge. But 
you know, they're two near superstars. They should be able to be a competitive team now that the team is structured properly and has a better coach. Um, And I think Daryl Morey saw what everybody else did. Like they were so goddamn fucking close. So Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the entire NBA. So is Joel Embiid. But um, there's just so much you can do with those two guys that I don't think Philly ever really took advantage of. So I'm excited to see what they do. And it does sort of feel like a last gasp. Like if it doesn't work, then Maury, just like he did in Houston, it's like, okay, I'm picking one star. If you're not him, then we're just going to cycle through other dudes. Right. Right. But, you know, but it's, I, they are putting together a competent team, a team that actually seems like they're taking advantage of Dwight Howard. I don't, I mean, but that's Dwight, like but... who you know they could cut him by training camp if, right. if they don't right, like right, it. Right, right, right. it it doesn't hurt you at all really um i'm surprised that when i thrust upon you the decision of picking a sexy team from their off season that the hawks didn't immediately come to the top of your head because the hawks not only addressed one of their biggest issues which is guard defense by signing chris dunn and rajon rondo they also are in the midst as you said at the top of the show of possibly retaining the rights of Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, unless the Kings just completely Kings all over the place and decide that, no, they're going to sign him to that offer sheet. But they got your boy Danilo Gallinari on a Mondo, like $60 million deal. Cincinnati, dude. All right, here, here's the Hawks roster, assuming they get Bogdan Bogdanovich. Which I, I feel like young. assumption. Yeah, it, but it would be the most Kings thing in the world if they Not matched it. The most, it would be just, so it's weird. It's like <laughs> quick, quick PSA to the to the Sacramento Kings because we know you're listening. Do not do that. Let Bogdan Bogdanovich go to the Hawks. Put Buddy Heald in a starting role and uh, let your young guys fly. Okay, continue. Go ahead, Natty. He is Bogdan Bogdanovich is such a good player. We were furious that they didn't like give him a bigger role last season until later on. Um, when Fox was injured and he was running that team, he was really yeah. good. He's just yeah. a really good fucking player. Right. Um, okay, here's their roster. Ice Trey Young, Rajon Rondo, Chris Knife Dunn, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Tony Snell. I liked that trade. Like that DeAndre, Tony Snell sent, yep. Yep. DeAndre Hunter, Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, Clint Capella, Onyeke, and Kongwu. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Like, now that you've gotten Gallinari and maybe also have Bogdanovich, what the fuck are you supposed to do with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and John Collins? Like, yeah. Clint Capella's there for, like, four more years. He's on money. All right, I'm going to cut in here for a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back to whatever we were talking about. Um, no, that's, that's, and that's the biggest question. And part of me, the, the, <laughs> the non-Dr. Pete, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know what the Dude Celtics the street, need. Pete. Oh, you get know, out of here! Celtics need a big man who can score twenty and get ten and shoot from three. That seems like a great destination for John Collins, who the Hawks for some reason don't want to build around. That is some real Boston high pitched fandom right there. <laughs> like that was going up, up, up. I want That's... to see. I want to see what my max uh, max falsetto was. Dude, but I agree. And also, I loved the Tristan Thompson signing. But Love like the Tristan Thompson. We'll talk we'll talk the Celtics yeah. next. We'll go right. But I think you're right. Like days. Hawks, Celtics, Hornets is this weird triumvirate right now where yeah. like the Hornets and the Hawks made moves and Boston tried to and failed. And Boston's still the better team, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like like Boston, even if nothing else changes will still blow the two other teams out of the water like there there isn't a fucking chance that the hawks defense improves to the point where they would beat Bo- i think <laughs> i no, mean that's but i do like i do like you have trey young who doesn't play defense doesn't know what the word means uh and i do like that you pair him with chris dunn who has played very good he was good uh in oh, one of the best defensive point guards in the in the league for yeah. sure so that's that's excellent Rajan Rondo, a veteran who is coming off of a championship run, plays also, great defense. Importantly, two guards that don't need to shoot. Like they're exactly. not there yep. to score. You hit the nail on the head. I love the Danilo Gallinari. It gives another, like, leg- I think he, my, I don't know if this is what they're thinking, but I wonder if they're going to play him at the three. And yeah. you still then can have John Collins and have Clint Capella on the court. And you're just going to, like, we are fucking playing massive. But I so ha- that feels like you're forcing it so hard. And like, what's the, like, it's not like Gallinari's this elite defensive perimeter no, player. No. Like he's there for offense. But so, like, you, but like how, the, I mean, the lineup would be, I mean, you could do a lineup of Trey Young, Chris Dunn, Danilo, John Collins, and Clint Capella. You have your defense on the wing. You have your, like, I, I don't know how it works. I do agree with you that the Danilo Gallinari signing and the amount of money that they gave him makes me think that, I, I just feel like John Collins is John Collins wants a max and it doesn't seem like they're going to pay him the rookie max. So I feel like he's the odd man out and is going to be a trade chip either in the coming weeks or at the deadline. Completely agree. Because here's the thing. If the Hawks get bogged in, they're not giving him that much money to come off the bench. It will be right. Rice, Trey right, Young, right. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari. Those are three locks. Yeah, probably Clint, Clint Capella. Clint, Clint starting too, right? Yeah. So that leaves one more spot. Like maybe you love John Collins so much and you want to give it a shot, or maybe you're like, well, we like Kevin Herter. Also, we also have these two high draft picks on the wing from last year that need to be able to play so that they can get better. Um, there's, it's just a team rife with potential to make another move. So I think you're right. I think John Collins is out of there maybe with Kevin Herter or one of the, Mm -hmm. of the young wings. And it's like, 
package them together for one dude. But like, let's say it is Boston and John Collins is headed up north to wear green. Who are they sending back? Saucy. No fucking idea. Like one of the Williams, but then like your front court's still crowded. Like who on the wing? Let let me, before we, before we touch on that, because I'm really, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I'm really worried. No, no, no. I want to go to the Celtics, but I'm really worried that this conversation is ultimately going to end with Marcus Smart for John Collins, which is going to break my heart. No, I'll jump (laughs) off a bridge. That's not happening. That's Um, absolutely. I do think that I do think that the, the moving the yacht, like, like John Collins, Kevin Herter, or even one of the guys who they just drafted, whose names I'm blanking on. Um, not not this year, but last year. Who was Cam Reddish? Um, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Neither right. of whom. Also, they traded for Tony Snell. Like neither of right. the wings impressed last year. So See, that's the thing is, I feel like this they, the Hawks the Hawks accelerated their timeline. They're like Trey oh, yeah. Young wants Trey Young is like I want to play playoff basketball. And the Hawks are like, great, we hear you. We're putting a playoff basketball team around you. And so my guess is, my feeling is, is that the Hawks' next move is trade those young pieces that you don't really want to wait to develop slash don't have room to wait for develop and try to get maybe another veteran and trade them to a team that can either, you know, is completely rebuilding, trade trade them to the Thunder (laughs) or or trade them to a team that, you know, has the space for... uh, for them to kind of flourish or at least the bench roster for them. Cause I, I just think that that's the move. I think the Hawks are like, we are gunning for a playoff spot in the East, obviously with the moves that we have made and we are going to maybe unload one of these young wing guys who didn't really show us too much uh, rookie year. And the sexy part of it is John Collins. Like it's John Collins and Cam Reddish or whatever. It, I mean, it, it really feels like one of those young wings is going to be a Nick in the near future. You know? um, I'm here for it. Let's, let's or just keep like adding. maybe, maybe the bulls, like I could sort of see because yeah. they have a bunch of young pieces too. Maddie, you're I, overlooking this. It's the, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers because they have a, a real uh, lack of guards and they're going to need someone to, to really run this offense. I mean, that's, that would be a great landing spot for cam reddish i think oddly um but that i don't hate that at all it's just i don't really know like who do i want on cleveland you're not taking no, kevin love people. you're not taking drum are you taking one of the young like there's all these teams you're you're giving my joke too much seriousness natty don't pay attention i'm sorry to that joke. It but was a like dumb joke. the hawks are gonna have to do something you can't stop delaying myself high talk. draft picks but you, but you know this, about- you you can't whiff twice in one draft no. that highly. You have you to make at least one of those dudes turn into so, But they're going to trade one with John Collins, and they're going to trade them to the Celtics. I don't know who the Celtics are sending back, but this is my perfect segue to talking about the Celtics. Okay, sure. <laughs> because, but uh, I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, but who? what team? Tristan Thompson. You- Do they sign Tristan Thompson and then just send Tristan Thompson to the Hawks for John Collins? But why would the Hawks do that? Fuck if I know. I thought for sure. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure Gordon Hayward was going to be the sign and trade with the Hawks, and John Collins was coming back. That was I thought. I thought that was the deal that was going to go down. So there's lots to talk about for the Celtics. First, I want to talk about who they did get, and then we'll talk about the whole Gordon <laughs> Hayward. Thing. Then we'll talk about the right. whole absurd okay. Gordon Hayward thing and fucking Celtics fans needing to chill the fuck out. Okay, first of all, 
Tristan Thompson, we said it many times. I love Tristan Thompson. I think he's a phenomenally underrated rebounder and offensive. And and just like he is what the he was a better Enos Canner. Am I crazy in saying that? Tristan Thompson is a dude that'll get you 10 and 10. He's yep. energetic. He knows what he's doing. He's a champion. And yep. like he's he even on shitty Cleveland teams, it doesn't ever seem like he takes a game off. So I just think he works perfectly there. Like he doesn't need 15 shots a night or no. anything like that. He's going to play hard for them. He's a perfect, perfect match. I, I very much enjoy the Jeff Teague signing. Uh, they left, lost Brad Wanamaker to the Golden State Warriors. Good on you, Brad. <laughs> well done. Uh, go get that paper. Jeff Teague as a, as a backup point guard or as a, as, you know, a bench option. I like that a lot. Uh, sure. I like when he got traded to the Timberwolves. I think that he's, <laughs> they, uh, they maxed out Tatum. Well done. You earned that Tatum. So now we get to Gordon Hayward. Wait, are we really giving credit to like, oh, you maxed out one of the best players? Hey, yeah, Brandon yeah. Ingram, did you get maxed out? AD, are you going to get maxed out? Like, obviously uh, you max out Matt, the best players. I'm giving, it, I'm giving them credit because for whatever stupid fucking reason, Celtics Twitter <laughs> cannot stand Danny Ainge does not I don't fathom this all right I have a whole like mini rant about just like so this Gordon Hayward thing for those who who haven't been paying attention (laughs) so we got past the what you guys got and now that was just like that was just like Tristan Thompson great (laughs) Jeff T great well done them wait who did you draft Aaron Neesmith that's a good pick I like Aaron Neesmith he's and they and they got uh the white guy from Oregon uh, oh, what's his name? To Shit. replace the white guy they were going to lose. Yeah, well, very different. Yeah, but he's he's also scored. They drafted two scorers, which is just like, that is exactly what the Celtics were missing. Uh, Dude, this could be the Pr- Taco Pritchard. Fall season. Like, oh, come on fuck, now. I, God, I love me some Taco Fall. I was, <laughs> when I saw that, Woosh tweeted like Taco Fall signs, and I was like, it better fucking say the Celtics or I'm about to destroy the world um, so twitter is designed to enrage you so it's oh, fine yeah. and get it off your chest <laughs> i get so gordon it. hayward Go. so gordon hayward here's the whole deal gordon hayward de- declines his uh his player option so now he's a free agent and i'm going to stress this one more time for the people in the back <laughs> free agent that means Gordon Hayward can go wherever the bloody hell well he feels like. Okay. Now, a lot of talk about a sign and trade. Multiple teams going around. I thought it was the Hawks. I thought for sure that it was going to be a sign and trade with the Hawks, and we were going to get John Collins. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go further, they extended the option deadline. He, to- Hayward, and Boston did that together like yep. to try to work something out. Hayward gave them a chance. Yep, yep. Um, and to be honest... For Gordon Hayward, I think getting out of Boston was the right decision. Uh, oh, yeah. To be, to be honest. Like, first of all, as we've said many times on this podcast, he signed that contract on a you know, Native American burial ground. Like, clearly that thing was cursed from the minute ink touched paper. Dude, no, it's the grave that Isaiah Thomas's hip is uh, in. Like, uh, that's why Gordon Hayward exactly didn't work out. Yep. It's yep. Boston's fault. Yeah, so it's 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 the curse of Isaiah Thomas, and rightfully I, so. I mean, that's why Danny Ainge that's why deserves, Kyrie didn't work out. It's like the negative karma from that decision yeah. that everyone saw immediately 
is why all this other bad shit is happening. Obviously, that's not true, and that's not how the universe works. No, that's hundred percent. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Boston's biggest curse now is no longer the curse of Bambino. Broke that a while ago. It's the it's the curse of Isaiah Thomas. And I and honestly, I accept it. I accept it fully because the Celtics did Isaiah Thomas fucking resign him to try to kill the curse. Like you should just be like, here's fifteen million dollars. Go get him. Yeah, we love you. I'm so sorry. Go get him. God. Anyways, so uh, sign and trade Gordon Hayward. So Gordon Hayward, and then so then there was this deal with the Pacers, right? Where it was like Miles right. Turner, his home state. Like yep, he wanted yep, to go we there. All that was great, splendid. It was Miles Turner and uh, fucking the white Duke shooter, right. Doug McDermott, and Dougie Danny Ainge. Rumors came out that Danny Ainge wanted, which is also just absolutely preposterous that these rumors came out, but Danny Ainge wanted Oladipo and Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward. Not happening. Sure. But everyone, but like rumors, rumors. And then Gordon Hayward signs a four-year, $120 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets and all of Boston Twitter loses their effing mind because they think that Danny Ainge, by holding up this trade, ultimately prevented this from happening. That Gordon Hayward was going to sign on the dotted line with the Pacers and everything was going to be hunky-dory. But he was a free agent. And if you don't think that his agent was also shopping around for other teams, you're a fucking idiot. Of course they were looking at other teams. They weren't just looking at the Pacers. I'm sure when the Hawk, when the Hornets called and were like, we're going to give you 120 for four years, they were like, all right, Indiana, this is what's going to happen. This is this is what the Hornets are offering. We're going to do a sign and trade. If you want to sign and trade, if you want Gordon Hayward, this is what you need to sign him to. And the Pacers, rightfully so, let me add, looked at that contract and were like, hell fucking no. Yeah, and so Gordon Hayward, as a free like agent, that. went and signed with the Charlotte Hornets. The Danny Ainge hate, I don't understand. The Gordon Hayward to the Charlotte Hornets. Holy buckets. I, I ask you this, Natty. Does that instantly become a top five worst contract in the NBA? No. And here's why. Charlotte signed him so that they would feel and play legit. Like, Charlotte doesn't get free agents, top tier sure. ones. You got it. Just like Indiana. to get someone. Yeah. And MJ's loved him for a long time. They tried to sign him away from Utah. The team on paper does make more sense than it did last year, depending on like how you stagger the minutes of the guards. Like if Gordon Hayward is going to start at the two, I think that team is actually not that bad and could use an upgrade at center and maybe Devante or, uh, Terry Rozier combined with Cody Zeller and stuff like can get you something else. I, I hear John I Collins is available. <laughs> dude. And all of a sudden like, okay, but let's take that seriously. You have, yeah. you have Gordon Hayward at the two miles bridges at the three PJ Washington at the four. Now, right now depth charts have Gordon Hayward at the three miles bridges off the bench and PJ Washington at the four that I I'm very skeptical of that. Hayward like, Miles played, Hayward is played a good the player. two at Utah. Yeah. So, like that's yeah. we've seen him play that position. I think that that yes, I think that that he more is able more than able to play that. And guess what? Gordon Hayward isn't in Charlotte for his defense. He is there yes. to score. He is there to yep. be a 20 point per game scorer and help facilitate the offense. So he's not going to be asked with defending the best perimeter player on the other team. 
that's going to come down to Miles Bridges and PJ Washington, unfortunately. Um, that is a team that has two undersized guards in Rogier and Devonte Graham. Like Graham coming off the bench makes a little bit more sense with Hayward there. There's no reason in the world to think that Cody Zeller is like some kind of elite basketball force, but he's competent and he doesn't like drag your team down, but he's thoroughly upgradable. The reason this is not a bad investment for Charlotte is because you want to be a playoff team. You have two very young players that you think can turn into at least solid, if not stars, you have, a backcourt that knows what it's doing. Devonte Graham is young too, and yep. came out of nowhere. If you flip him for something better, then you come out ahead. Like you can see the building blocks and why Hayward makes sense. He well, and you're working around Lamelo Ball, who is a like a plus facilitator, has to develop his offensive game. But if you get the offensive pieces around him, then you're going to be able to maximize what he can actually do on the court. He's so unproven that we don't know if he can score in the NBA. I feel like they might bring him along slowly. Like they won't redshirt him, but you can't start a dude who can't shoot. Like you, training camp is going to be incredibly important for LaMelo more than yeah. any other player, really, because depending on how well he does, will dictate how big a role Charlotte's willing to give him. Like, you can be the best playmaker in the world if people are just going to leave you alone, not even out at the three-point line, but, like, mid-range. Like, if no one gives a shit about what you can do with the ball, then that's not going to work. So, I do feel like Charlotte was correct in drafting upside there, but I also feel like, okay, now he's on the team, we're we're not going to build around him. We're going to try to put him in the best position to succeed, but this is not his team. This is Gordon Hayward's team now. He's the highest paid mm-hmm. player. He's only yep. 30 years old. The injury history he's had are like freak ones. They're not like ones that suggest that they're going to keep happening. Well, and they all come from the IT curse. And Gordon Hayward used to be a reckless ass like Bryce Harper motherfucker, like throwing himself around all over the court when he was on the jazz. Now he won't do that. He'll mature into right. a, you know, le- a more reticent a not so reckless motherfucker. Who's, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's just like, this is how small market teams get better. You overpay to get someone who's good. Like this is one of the reasons why the Detroit signing, I know it was a lot for Jeremy Grant, but it's like, do you want to have a winning culture to try to help your young draftees or do you want to be shit for five years and then they leave because you've been shit for five years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right. I feel like this signing also tells Miles Bridges, like you, you should stay here. We're, we're willing to spend money. Yeah. No, I, I, part of, part of me asking if this was the worst contract in the NBA was facetious. That being said, it has like you'd rather have him than Eric Gordon, wouldn't you? Yes, but I said top five. <laughs> but it is partially it is partially where it's just like it does have the potential to be a contract where because I know they have all been freak injuries, but they have been he hasn't played the last few years for Gordon Hayward at thirty years old. 
haven't been great in terms of playing in terms of games actually on the court. Sure. And you are chalking up a lot of cash Ola to a man who I will give you in this last year with Boston, things seem to have been clicking. Things seem to have gotten back under him. He seems to have gotten his feet back under him. Yes. It takes a couple of years to come back from a devastating leg break. So that all makes sense. Uh, there is just potential that you that this contract goes down the rails real fast. But I understand that yes, this is a deal that the Hornets had to make. Uh, you have to overpay in order to get people onto your team. And like, I mean, I said it. We've said it. I all the respect for Gordon Hayward uh, as a player, as a person. Some of your life decisions, maybe rethink them. Uh, but. As a player, I think that getting out of Boston, getting onto a new team, getting to a team that is wholly your own and you're now the offensive focal point is uh, is the right choice for him, obviously. Let me ask you let, – well, let me I, phrase it this way. Good. Ask me something, then I have some breaking news for you. What does Charlotte lose by doing this? I they mean, lose the only- money that – you wouldn't have been able to spend on a on an elite free agent anyway and you might lose draft position because you win more games but they rewrote the rules and now it doesn't pay as much to tank because better teams can get the number 1 pick yeah you didn't give up assets so i don't really know what charlotte lost in this outside of money and sure fine but that's the tax you have to pay right. when you're a small market team that's on the up like this is you need to have good players to attract other good players yeah no i i also who's the gm of charlotte mitch kupchak is he a good gm yes he is it's not rich joe anymore like i know because the thing with hayward like you you can flip all three of your guards if you wanted to like the knicks will take Lamelo. Other teams will fucking take LaMelo. You can you can flip Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. You can flip all those dudes. You can flip Cody Zeller. You can even send a draft pick with them because you have a young team or you have your two young players. This provides them flexibility. They have their forwards. They have three above-average forwards. That's your perimeter. That's a really good way to start. Uh, you also can't tell me that Michael Jordan didn't draft LaMelo Ball so that he could play LeVar Ball one-on-one. I, I, will, I will not believe Totally. It's not it's like he didn't know that. that. Yeah. Like, I, the front office had to ask him, like, is it cool if we draft him? And, he and he's like, said, only if I get to just absolutely whoop on LeVar. And, like, if you were going to trade Devontae and Cody Zeller for – a serviceable big, like just an upgrade on Zeller. I think you would do that. And so long as they're not massively expensive, like that's fine. Yep. Um, all right, Natty, you have sufficiently quelled my, uh, I don't know, rampant Boston anger. I mean, I know everyone's pissed off at Boston and befuddled <laughs> by Charlotte, but I do sort of feel like these mo- like Boston lost Hayward for nothing. Well, yes. you know, they still have Tatum and they still have Brown and they still have smart. Yeah, so the they're thing, still dude, coming that's up. The thing, 
That's the, yeah, they're fine. And flip Kemba, who cares? Like, right. who cares? Whereas it's just like where it's just like <laughs> everyone was everyone was panicking, like the world was ending, and this, this team here. was good. It's like, look, Danny Ainge added two scorers, two young scorers in the draft, which is what the Celtics need to a team with perennial MVP, all-star wing, annual D, defensive player of the year candidate, and a point guard who averages 20 a game. Like you Dude, can't you can't just like go freaking about the, the the world is ending. There's a world in which the Pacers, like in two years, the Pacers might be the ones who were like, fuck, we should have made that trade right. because Hayward looks healthy and better and Oladipo yep. kept sliding. So this is going to be probably like dodged bullets for at least one of these teams, if not two of them. But Boston, what did they lose? They lost an asset, an asset that was hard to move and probably wasn't going to bring you back much value. So yeah, you're capped out and it sucks. On the other hand, you'll be able to attract people. You'll be able to make trades. That's yeah, a team that also has their perimeter. And like, stop complaining. Everyone's like, Boston should be in the Eastern Conference Finals every year. No, they shouldn't. The teams that get to the Eastern Conference Finals are the ones that should be there every year. Like, otherwise, you're just a team with good young players, just like Charlotte. So, like they're the team that should have gotten Marcus all, you know what I mean? Like that's mm. getting Tristan Thompson's fine. It's good. But like Kemba, <laughs> Kemba needs to go. I'm sorry that like, that's just going to be such a weak point for Boston in the playoffs every single year. And you just can't have him. If you're going to expect him to work his body that hard during the regular season, then you can't expect him to be Kemba Kemba Walker in the right. playoffs. Which is why I wonder if they I wonder if they reevaluate how they uh, how they play him. But Natty, before we go, I have to give you some breaking news. What's up? The Detroit Pistons have made a blockbuster deal. This is no, tweeted by it. Adrian Wojnarowski at six forty seven p.m. So this is you know twenty ten minutes ago on November twenty fourth. Detroit Pistons, according to agent Mark. Barlstein have signed Ooh. guard Wayne Ellington to a one-year $2.6 million deal. Dude, Bartlestein has like been in a bunch of this shit. Cool. We have Wayne. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. That's a good signing for the Pistons. He was already on Detroit at one point. Um I I like him. I feel like him and Evan Fournier and like a bunch of these other wings that can, you know, get hot and spurts are useful players to have. Well, there you go. Natty approves. You're doing something right, Detroit. Don't let what he said at the beginning of the show confuse you. Natty Wait, can is, I ask you a question Natty real fast? Be fully in on the 2020 Pistons. Yes, ask me what I, ask away. No, I'm very interested in what we're going to do. Has Orlando done anything? No. And it they haven't done a thing, right? So much. They lost DJ Augustine. That's all they've done. <laughs> I know. Milwaukee's like, yes, now we're going to win. <laughs> yes, we don't have bugged up on this, but we have DJ Augustine. break, dude. Yeah, that's – I am so concerned I'm really upset for Orlando fans. <laughs> like, I'm what really are upset. you doing? I'm really upset. I But it's so tough because Jonathan Isaac's injured, and it's like – Maybe no one wanted Jonathan Aaron Isaac is busily chilling with the Pope. So that was we cool. Don't even know, we don't even know what his status is. Yeah, but that's a disappointing team. Washington's yeah. kind of a disappointing team. I mean, we'll talk about these other teams more and more. I think yeah, the well, Bucks are pretty disappointing. The Bucks I mean, are super. Losing Bogdan Bogdanovich is that was 
stupid. Dude, if you're Giannis, I wouldn't resign. No. Like, Giannis what are you talking Your team – here, let me give you their roster real fast. All right, give Drew us Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brolo, Bryn Forbes. I like that signing. Kyle Korver, Torrey Craig. like that signing. But, like, this is not even a mediocre LeBron Cavs team, you know? Like, there's – that – I am not, not impressed good. with that roster. And it's not good. Well, and I mean, the fact that you just had this egg on your face of like, we were trying to go for Bogdan Bogdanovich and then it just all fell apart. And like that, that sucks in so many different ways because every team cheats this way, but, right. and but getting, getting absolutely caught for it in a sense. And, and basically a move that was like, I think if they had gotten Bogdan as well as Drew Hollett, like this is, then you have a team that really Giannis is like, Oh, great. You guys, but like yeah. losing him, and that being publicly announced to everyone, it's like Giannis is like, all right, get me the fuck out of here. And you see how much more that Atlanta is willing to pay Bogdan. So, like, he's right. the one that got protected by Silver. But Silver, like, I would have rather him find the Bucks and the Kings than not let it happen. Because if Milwaukee loses Giannis, that's, it, it, that's it's like if Cleveland had lost LeBron but not because he chose to leave. You know, right, it's like, right. this is sort of an, it's like when the commissioner steps in, like David Stern did with Chris Paul to the Lakers. So he and Kobe yep. could destroy the world together. Love it. You are setting a precedent. If that precedent is just, however, the commissioner is feeling at whatever fucking time, then that's a bad precedent. Like from now on, any team that does shenanigans like this before the hiatus is over, the moratorium is over, right. they have to they have to be forbidden from making that trade. Right. Because if you're going to stop this for Giannis, then you right. have to stop it for everybody. So it doesn't yep. if the Knicks do this and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're getting Luca," and it comes out even 5 fucking minutes before the moratorium is done, Silver has to say no. Because otherwise this is all bullshit and all you did was destroy a Bucks team that didn't deserve to be destroyed since again, they're just doing what everybody else does. Yep. I uh, agree. And with that, we shall wrap up for the week, uh, but make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the long two podcast. We will be tweeting all kinds of updates about this crazy insane nba offseason as well as maybe some uh some flaming hot takes as things go down natty uh have a good thanksgiving be safe this holiday weekend yeah you do the same also we didn't talk about portland we should talk about portland next week yes, bob covington definitely. and mellow they got they're the best team i mean i know season. i said the lakers might have had the best like the portland trailblazers might have had the best offseason. so many of our fucking fantasy boyfriends are there now it's great oh, God, it's- have a good holiday, man. Stay safe.